1: Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Rotowire's signature NHL hockey pod podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host, as always, is AJ Scholz, and you can follow him at AJScholz24. With the NHL's regular season winding down, a number of season-long leagues are winding up. Uh, including our own staff, wire League. And I'm in the money for the fourth and fifth seasons. I was telling AJ off the air, he, we got to get him in this pool. Uh, I just missed the other year by a point, incidentally, for anybody who's listening. So I've been around the winner's circle every time. I want th- And in fact, I want to thank all those listeners who've sent us messages on social media in the past week for helping them to get their own successes in their own leagues. Uh, we offer our congrats to all the winners and urge you to all tell your friends about our podcast. In other news, our dollar bet standings between AJ and myself show a 164 to 155 margin in AJ's favor, but it's getting pretty tight. With Malkin out of the lineup and my guys turning up the heat, I reminded AJ to check the box score of the Leaf game last night. Uh, Are you getting
0: nervous, partner? not in the slightest Paul not in the slightest so you know there's Toronto's only got uh six games left uh Penguins have five uh you know I'm not not worried about it at all I think uh obviously if Malkin had stayed healthy uh the gap here would have would have uh you know that 20 point margin that I had at one point would have stayed uh right where it is I think but you know just a couple of good games by John Tavares doesn't mean uh, that you can, you know, ditch out on sending me the money. So <laughs> you can just go ahead and, and postmark that now, because I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, I'm I'm very confident that it's still headed my way. But uh, so yeah, before we kick off the rest of the show, just do my my usual reminder uh, to our listeners that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, fantasy hockey hockey in general uh of course for you know a lot of our listeners out there it's going to be pool time coming up soon you're going to have important decisions you know which of these four guys should i take we're happy to help answer some of those questions for you as well uh so as paul mentioned you can follow me at aj Scholes 24 and you can follow paul the statsman at statsman 22.
1: all right so let's uh, swing through our look at 31 different teams aj and uh, talk about the different Roster situations that have evolved as usual as season, the season winds down. In Anaheim, they're just counting down the dates left on the calendar. And uh, the big guns are firing, uh, except for the fact that Getzlaff and Ritchie are listed as day to day. The offense seems to have picked up a little bit. Uh, Silverberg uh, has got a goal and three assists in the past week. Cam Fowler, uh, emerging rem- to the top of the list in terms of the defensemen here. There's a lot of offensive minded guys, but he seems to be the number one here. On- at the end of the season one goal two assists last week and Rickard Raquel has uh, continued uh, an up and down year with three goals and one helper last week one interesting note that I want to point out in light of Getzlaff's injury Sam Steele moves into the center slot on the first line it'll be interesting to see if the high scoring junior can repeat any of that at the NHL level he's getting a first real good audition right now
0: yeah there's a number of guys here uh, that are getting that audition you you know you mentioned Steele Uh, you know Max Jones is one of them Kiefer Sherwood is another um, handful of guys that are going to get opportunities to play. Now, one player that I would highlight. So if I'm looking, you know, if you're out of the playoffs or if your season is over, you're looking for maybe some dynasty guys. Uh, that are a little bit deeper uh, that might be available. Troy Terry is one that that I'll cue up for you here. Played 30 games so far this season, 12 points to show for it. That's pretty solid. You look at his AHL numbers this year, 41 points in 41 games. He was a point-per-game producer, above a point-per-game producer in his last two years at the University of Denver as well. Uh, This kid knows how to score and I think is going to be a major part of their team going forward. I expect him to play upwards of 70 uh you know games next season and and be a major contributor for them so troy terry is kind of the one guy if you're looking for a keeper on this team for next season uh he's one that i queue up right away
1: and in arizona they're trying to stay relevant in the playoff race they didn't have a good week last week going winless and now in their last five games a bad time to get into that kind of a slump but uh i gotta tip my hat to darcy Kemper. uh AJ, when I started to look at the notes for the, this team, I realized that he has played every game for, for the last month uh, and maybe more. Uh, they're going to him every night. So there's talk in other cities about resting goalies for the playoffs. When you've got a team that's this close and on the fringe and the number one guy is performing this well, you've got to keep running him out there. I'm just thinking they're going to wear this guy out, a career minor leaguer, uh, he start, started all but five games, in fact, in the 2019 calendar to date. Uh, I certainly like the offensive pairings here on this blue line, AJ. They've, they've gone the route of putting one veteran uh, offensive-minded guy with a, a defensive-minded guy. So Oliver ekman Larson and Alex Goligoski are insulated by Jalmerson and Demers, two fine defensive defensemen. And then an up-and-coming offensive type, Jordan Osterley, is paired with Ilya Yubushkin on an interesting pairing of two uh, younger guys. Uh, So they got a lot of depth there. And then even behind them, Jacob Chikrin is there. So a lot of depth on this blue line. I wonder if they're going to deal from that strength to help themselves out elsewhere on this roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that too will depend on on what the postseason brings, uh, you know, how they approach next year. Um, but look, I, I think it's time, uh, you know, Rick Tockett should just blow these lines up completely, throw them in a blender and see what happens. You look, at their last five games, which have all been losses for Kemper, uh oh three and two. Well he's got a two point one nine goals against average over that stretch. Uh most recent games the offense have provided a declining number of goals. Two, one, and then most recently none. Uh when your netminder Can only, uh, you know, when your netminder only allows two goals in a game, uh, I think you should hopefully be able to help him out and get him a win. And that's clearly not happening in Arizona right now. Uh, They are still just one uh, win away, so two points out of that last playoff spot, but they're going to need Colorado uh, to struggle as well. Uh, down the stretch here, and and I don't know if they're going to be if they're they're going to make it. To be perfectly honest, uh, they've got Minnesota nipping at their heels as well. So uh, we'll see what happens. But if I'm uh, Rick Tockett, I would shuffle these lines up uh, and find something else that works because it's certainly not working offensively for them right now.
1: And in Boston, they continue to tick and bop along. Uh, but I have to tell you, AJ, I tuned into the Boston Tampa game last night, and I got to say, wow. Uh, those teams have been at the top of the standings all season long and you got an up up close and personal reminder of just how good they are they went head to head in a great tilt that Tampa came back from a two-goal deficit in the third period at home to pull out a victory in the last minute of play what a fantastic hockey game with all the top guns firing. And in fact, in Boston, there's great news uh, around the top guns. Bergeron, four goals, two assists. Marshawn, a goal and four assists before figuring into last night's game, game as well. David Pasternak back in the lineup with two goals and two assists last week. Tukarask Rask is getting a little more action of late now playing three of the last five games. But they really backed off on him down the stretch. So he's well rested going into the stretch run. And uh, they're also being careful with Tori Krug's return from a concussion. He is uh, still day-to-day, just started skating with the club again. So he should be back and ready in time for the playoffs, but not a factor in the remaining games, I would suggest. And in the off-ice news that's going to turn some heads, Zdeno Chara signed a one-year extension. So the NHL is not going to get rid of his not-so-gentle giant just yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a reasonable deal for both sides. You get another year out of Char. Um, I think he's certainly capable of continuing to be a, a leader in that locker room, and and I do think you know uh, while the on ice return has been certainly uh, what you would expect out of him, there hasn't been a significant drop off. I think that deal has more to do with paying him to be uh, a veteran presence on that blue line. You look at uh, how things are stacking up. You got Charlie McAvoy, Connor Clifton, obviously filling in for some injuries. Uh and so there's some younger guys on this blue line. And I I think they're they're investing in a veteran for another year, and and I don't think it's a bad deal by any stretch of the imagination. Now I know there's a plenty of matchups that could still be decided, uh, and plenty of uh, shuffling that could go around. San Jose Vegas would be a phenomenal first round series uh, to watch, but for my money, I think Boston Toronto will absolutely be the best series, and I would expect that you're going to see a lot more uh, Halak uh, if Boston can shore up uh, the home ice advantage for that series. They need uh, if I'm doing my math here real quick, they still need a good number of points to hold off Toronto and, and secure that number two spot in the Atlantic. So maybe they won't have time to rest him. But uh, once they if they do, rather, uh, I think you'll see Halak take the rest of the, the nets uh, for the you know, regular season here.
1: In Buffalo, uh, the biggest news on the Sabre situation, Alex Nylander made his debut with the big club at right wing on the top line eventually, and he picked up two goals and two helpers in in his last three games finally giving them a bit of return on on this former first round draft pick who has taken a bit of time to get to the big leagues but uh, off what I've seen he fits right in AJ so they got another piece there in the rebuild in place with Nylander in my opinion Uh, a veteran who's getting a look at the side on a second line role for the first time in weeks is Jason Pominville. that's more of a slight on, on the rest of the roster there. Uh, they just haven't got a bit of, much of a performance out of Kyle Okpozo, but he's had several off-ice issues with, related to concussion symptoms and so on that really have marred a season here, and he's a big-ticket item, so you hope for Buffalo's sake that they, they get more out of him next season, but it's a bit a bit of a write-off for him this season. Uh, more positive news, Reinhardt reached the 60-point plateau. This is a playmaking winger. There's a few of them emerging around the league. He's got 41 assists on the season and a great fit on the top line with uh, with Jack Eichel who's more of a trigger man there so uh, good for Reinhardt for making good on that 60 point mark and uh, I see big things for him in the future Brandon Montour picked up three points in four games he's paired with uh, Rasmus Dahlin who the rookie reached the 40 point mark quietly that's got to be the quietest quietest 40 point season by an NHL defenseman rookie defenseman in a long time there were a lot of eyeballs expecting big things from him but he's right where we expected in terms of the point production AJ in our preseason previews we had him right around 40 points he's done it and he's done it pretty quietly
0: well you want to talk about doing it quietly he leads all rookie defensemen in points uh there's nobody uh that's done it uh better than him he's 10 points of ha- ahead of dallas's miro Heiskinen. uh so yeah just to show where he's uh been in the rankings and i do think part of that too has to do with the fact that uh all eyes uh in terms of rookies have been on uh elias Petterson from a from a forward standpoint uh and your buddy uh uh, Jordan Binnington in the Nets and so there have been a couple of other names uh, kind of clouding the issue. In fact, um, Darlene's third overall in points behind uh, Pedersen and uh, the Maple Leafs, Andreas uh, Johnson. So uh, right there in contention probably will get a nomination I would imagine for the the Calder uh, but that will obviously go to Elias Pedersen. What's uh, surprising to me is that uh, Casey Middlestack getting benched uh, last night and so um, you know clearly my concerns that I've vocalized on this show throughout the year are showing up uh, from the team as well and that's certainly a concern now it can go one or two ways uh, this could certainly sidetrack him uh, to the point where it never really comes back that you know a, a confidence breaker but it could also be a boost uh, I think there's a, a tipping point here for Middlestad. That this is either something uh, that he can use to fuel himself and get better, or he can let it fester and stew, and it can make him worse. So, uh, hopefully, for Sabres fans out there, it's you know he'll he'll take this and, and roll with it, and you know it'll be kind of the the thing that uh, ignites him for the future.
1: And in Calgary, this high octane offense was held in check last night. They were actually shut out. Uh so if we look at the box scores from last evening a game by the visiting LA Kings, but they did sweep three games last week. So a three and one record, every team would take that every week. Uh, in terms of Mark Giordano update, the uh, yeah, defenseman, who he's got a lock on the Norris Trophy, in my opinion, A.J., yeah, Ten points in seven games of four last night, two goals and three helpers last week. this guy has reached a seventy point campaign uh, mark for the first time in his career and uh, I, as i said i don 't think there 's anybody going to touch him for for the uh, defenseman 's best uh, defenseman in the NHL honors up front, they got a good performance out of a third liner garnet hathaway 's making some noise, two goals and two assists last week. But I think what we've got to look forward to uh, is the goalie battle here, AJ. Uh, it seems like Mike Smith has edged ahead of David Riddick. I think the, the Calgary Flames might be leaning towards starting the veteran over the, young, the uh, rookie, even though he's not a 19- or 20-year-old guy. But Smith's been around the block, and they might give him the first look in the playoffs. Another youngster that's made uh, an impression the last couple of weeks is Amanjapane. He had three goals and one assist in three games last week as a left-wing on the third line. If they can get that kind of scoring, from the third unit we know how potent the top two uh, lines are this team is a high octane offense and right now the third line is just adding to that mix
0: well i did just recently see that it uh, rich appears to be uh riddish appears to be uh, okay. Has been plagued kind of by uh, an illness. It hasn't stopped him from dressing as the backup. They haven't had to call up a goalie, but it sounds like that's been a bit of a factor in Mike Smith getting the last three starts. So I don't think uh, that race is is over and done with. I, I expect these guys to maybe split starts the rest of the way uh, to try and help make that determination. And then one other spot that I don't think is solidified either uh, is actually that Norris Trophy discussion. Hmm. You know, you've got you've got brent burns ahead of giordano at 77 points and i can't believe you're not giving uh morgan riley any love here he's sitting at 70 points with 20 goals which leads all defensemen so it's for me it's a three-man race i don't think giordano's uh, etched his name uh, into that trophy quite yet
1: I've got to be loyal to a guy that went to the same high school that I went to. I think that's part of the reason. <laughs> <laughs> in Carolina, they went 3-1 last week, and they're really trying to stay in the hunt for a wild card spot. So playing every game like it's a playoff game for them has stood them in good stead most, of, most recently. They got a huge boost from the t- return of Jordan Stahl. He pe- figured in with uh, five points last week. Toivo Teravainen picked up four points, so the offensive gunners are firing. And in goal, they continue to get outstanding work from the tandem of Morazic and Mrazek, for my money, is kind of edged ahead of McElhinney. But it was interesting to note that they put him, uh, the latter guy, in goal against the Canadians in a do-or-die tilt for both teams. And and Makelani emerged victorious. Youngster Youngster Zvechnikov had five goals and two helpers in his last seven games reaching the 20 goal mark for the rookie uh that's still a high water mark for rookies this season and and this guy is a very dynamic forward he's going to move up into the score, the top 6 in this team uh right now playing uh, left wing on the second unit next to stall
0: i was just going to add you know sebastian aho has been uh, kind of the focal point of of this team hit the 80 uh point mark just recently. uh, And that's well above, I think what most expectations were. And I think the team itself has been above expectations and that's just one kind of indicator there. You know, my one concern with this team, you know, you highlighted some guys that have been performing well lately. And certainly uh, I think that helps them. They're hot at the right time. But uh, the one concern I have is you've got Ajo at 80, Teravinen at 70, and then it drops a little to Justin Williams at 48 points and drops even further to Michael Furland at 38. So I have some concerns about depth scoring when this team gets into the postseason. But with how well Mrazic and McElhaney have been playing, uh, they may not need it. So We'll see how that all shakes out, um, but they are getting hot at exactly the right time. And certainly, I think, you know, Nino Niederreiter uh, is a factor on this team. His point total isn't going to creep up to the top there, but that's because he struggled so much in Minnesota. Uh, his numbers with Carolina have been phenomenal, and I expect uh, they'll continue to get production out of him.
1: And in Chicago, we have talked about how the offense seems to be coming together with the formation of that second line around Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrincat there. Uh, so kudos to them for straightening that out. But it's the defense that gets a bit of a highlight for me this week. Duncan Keith with a goal and two assists, partnered now with Eric Gustafsson. The youngster had three goals last week showing a bit of an offensive uptick. If they can get some kind of production from the blue line, maybe the Hawks will have some relevance uh, the rest of this season and certainly next year they can look forward with some positivity with the return of Corey Crawford he looks like he's healthy too and uh, one thing on the downside uh, is to watch Cahoon's minutes down as he was in the top six for the last couple of weeks but he's been been replaced by Dylan Sakura who's moved up in the ranks and he actually might be getting the plum assignment that uh, I always look for when you're playing with two stars like Taves and Kane you got to look at the third guy as a DFS relevant guy and right now that's Sakura
0: Yeah, and the thing for for the Chicago Blackhawks into the future, you know, one thing in the salary cap era that has become crucial is getting production out of guys on entry-level contracts, Uh, and that falls into Sakura, Strom, uh, even Brandon Perlini, who's contributed uh, at points here this season couple of those guys are going to be transitioning off uh, those entry level deals next season so there is going to be a little bit of a a cap crunch there but uh, it's a perfect time you know to see what those guys can do Uh, they have a chance there's certainly um, some work to be done and they'll need some help but this team is not out of playoff contention which is not something that we were saying uh, back in november or december
1: and you might say the same thing for Colorado, but boy are they ever nicked up. Now Miko Rantanen is out with, a, with an undisclosed injury, so that's two-thirds of the top line decimated by Hertz right at a most critical juncture. On a, in terms of positive developments, there are a few. In terms of depth scoring, Colin Wilson and Alex Kerfoot picked up the slack a little bit with four points and three points respectively. Certainly there's premier defenseman Tyson Berry did his part offensively with two goals and one helper but in goal they're getting great work from philip grubauer who won uh, th- is undefeated in regulation time over his last five starts allowing a total of only six goals against so that's a boost they expected things like this from him during the course of the season if they had got him a little more consistently earlier on we wouldn't be talking about him on the fringe of the playoffs they'd be in
0: yeah and I'm starting to wonder if maybe some of their problems with you know generating offense outside of that top line uh are are beyond just the the players themselves i'm I'm starting to question whether there's some uh, systems here that maybe need to change a little bit. You look at Derek Broussard one goal in his last 10 games now granted his numbers in pittsburgh were not phenomenal but his opportunities were limited uh he did fine in florida four points in 10 games but has just three goals zero assists in 14 outings with colorado and that's you know getting top minutes and top assignments he's played with mckinnon on the first line he's played uh, on the second line with a couple other guys and so it, it certainly could be, you know, brassard's uh, own individual struggles moving to three teams in one year is, you know, certainly difficult. Um, but it is making me start to wonder uh, whether there's some systems here that don't really set up uh, the secondary lines to, to get production here. And maybe uh, that's something that the coaching staff needs to look at.
1: And up next, we look at Columbus. I'm calling this the Jekyll and Hyde team of the NHL. Uh, AJ, when they're good, they're really good, but when they're bad, they're awful, and they can't afford to be awful right now, since they're in the wild card hunt. They went one and two last week. The the. The consistent, most consistent player on this lineup, for my money, is Josh Anderson. Another two goals to assist last week, emerging as a real bona fide top uh, six player, and uh, a guy who came out of nowhere to be a relevant player in fantasy, in my opinion. Uh, he upped his game. He was kind of a depth guy in the past, but really, really factoring in the offense here. Another guy who hasn't really factored in the offense, we've maligned him since he came there from Ottawa, is Matt Duchesne, three points in his last 12 games interesting to know to see what kind of off-season negotiations he gets into as he's a pen, uh, uh, pending free agent and uh, boy I can't be- I can't think that Columbus is too impressed with the return that he got from him meanwhile Ryan Zingle another import from Ottawa has six points in his last eight games on the same line with Duchesne and uh, not as highly regarded but still out- outperforming him by a two-to-one ratio to state
0: Yeah, I think, you know, all of the moves uh, this offseason or at the trade deadline uh, raised some questions. You know, obviously going into it, a lot of the expectation was that Bobrovsky and Panarin were out. Um, and that they were going to be selling. They obviously took a different approach uh, and made some purchases, and Duchesne has struggled. I think Tazingle has been a fine addition for them. The one that leaves me scratching my head is Keith Kincaid. Uh, Yes, they didn't send much the other way in terms of a fifth-round pick uh, in 2022, but they haven't even used him at all. (laughs) Why bring the guy in uh, if you're not going to use him now? Obviously, if they had moved Bobrovsky, Uh, You know, maybe then Kincaid would have started, um, but you certainly could have just ridden Jonas Corposalo the rest of the way because you weren't playing for the postseason if you traded Bobrovsky anyway. They even brought in uh, the the Mertz, uh, Mertz Lincolns. I think I butchered that significantly well Um, (laughs) uh, from uh, the NLA uh, playing overseas. Uh, They signed him to a one year entry level deal to see what they uh, have in him. And so the Kincaid trade is honestly the most mind-boggling one of all of them. You can see what they were trying to do with Duchesne. It hasn't worked. You obviously are getting production out of Zingle, Zingle, uh, and that's working certainly fine for them. But why they brought in Keith Kincaid, I cannot figure out. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens if this team doesn't make the playoffs after uh, being such huge buyers uh, at the deadline.
1: Yeah, they can look significantly different next year, no question. In Dallas, this team looks like it's going to get there in terms of the postseason action, and it's the big guns that have delivered at the right time. In gold, uh, Brian Bishop is uh, on top of his game. In his last nine appearances, only nine goals against. Now, a couple of those were relief jobs, so just a shade over one goal a game in that stretch for him Matt Zuccarello the other bit of good news he's on the verge of rejoining this team at practice after after being out for a month with his arm injury so that's good news but the the mail has been carried by the likes of Sagan with six points Radloff with four even John Klingberg chipped in with three points as the uh, linchpin on the blue line here
0: well you know the thing I, I was struck by the other day when when looking at this team is that they've done everything this year without stefan johns in the lineup at all he has not played uh, a single game this season as he continues to deal uh, with you know um a head head injury i think is what it's labeled that I'm, I'm assuming it's probably a concussion um and so it's you know i don't have any indication that he is going to play this year but you know you have to wonder if they got him back for the postseason what he might look like in in terms of production um, for them. But I imagine that would be a pretty big boost to get a a player of his caliber back, even though he hasn't played this year. But obviously, uh, you know, no information has come out about him. Uh, You have to wonder if he's done for the year, if he's done uh, kind of permanently here uh, due to this injury. Uh, he is just 25 years old so it seems premature to call it a career ending injury but when it comes to concussions you know nothing's really uh, off the table in in terms of the the future there
1: In Detroit, AJ, the Red Wings uh, 2-1 last week. They're having a pretty nice time on a Western road trip. They even pulled off a victory in San Jose last night, so 3-1 in their last four games, and the youngsters are doing it for them. Uh, Dylan Larkin has emerged as a team leader here. There's no question about it. He had a big game last night. Andreas Athanasiu has moved to center and factored in very well with two goals and two assists before last night's game. On the downside, veteran Justin Abdelkader broke a bone in his leg, and he's out for the rest of the season, but he's been a serviceable veteran again for this club and uh, hope that he makes a, a good recovery because he fills a key need here as a rare physical presence on this team. Other uh, two other two uh, veteran defenders Daly and Green have been also shut down on the blue line so uh, the auditions continue on the on the back end. Uh, Taro Hirose three assists in his first three games played as a left bring on the second line bears watching as a new prospect there and uh, Jimmy Howard Uh, much like Zdeno Chara likes it where he is and he resigned for one more season goal uh, a four million dollar cap hit as opposed to the the hometown discount basically that uh, Chara gave his club with a two million dollar deal
0: yeah I have to imagine that they're gonna try and find a way Uh, to get out from under that Jonathan Bernier deal you know three million is is not outrageous they're actually going to be paying uh, their combined goalies less next season after Howard signed uh, that deal he'll be making uh, about 1.2 million less than he did this year but uh, I, I don't think they want to be tied into Bernier Uh, bernier with you know for three million dollars as as a backup uh next season but obviously uh if they have the the cap space maybe they're not quite as concerned yeah in terms of you know you mentioned high rows uh ryan kuffner the other one to to really watch and see what he can do this season uh and then the blue line you know uh philip heronic madison bowie dylan mackarath uh, these are all guys I think uh, fantasy owners out there in those keeper kind of dynasty leagues should be monitoring and just seeing uh, what they can do, what they offer. Uh, in terms of, you know, not just production, but kind of take a look at where their minutes are right now. I think that'll be an indication of, you know, usage next season. Uh, so definitely some things to watch and some guys to key in on uh, for the future here.
1: And one guy in Edmonton that I'm going to key on as long as he gets to play with McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the top line is Zach Cassian. AJ. He's got two goals and one helper and he's been a consistent producer over the last few weeks. So I, I can tell you, I'm going to put him in my lineup tonight for sure at- a cheap price, as long as he gets that job. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl moves back to the second line center with uh, Lucic and Chase on two rugged wingers on his flanks, so uh, he he might see a bit of a dip in production with those two stone hands types on his wings right now. Uh, in terms of depth scoring, Joseph Gambardella is getting a look here. has two assists in two, last two games played as a left winger on the third line after a recent call up. So we'll keep an eye on him and see if he can become a factor in this offense. In terms of the net mining, we've said that uh, we don't know why Koskinen earned the the extension that he did. He's been continued to be wildly inconsistent in the nets here, AJ.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's uh, certainly a concerning situation. Our listeners will know that uh, I'm a huge Anthony Stoller's fan. I would love to see him get uh, uh, some looks here down the stretch. Uh, And one player who I, again, you know, kind of trying to prepare our listeners uh, for next season. uh, Josh Curry is a player to watch in my book. Uh, The 26-year-old has five points in in 16 games with the the Oilers this season. Last three years in the minors. 320 goal seasons 22 20 and 24 this year Uh, and so it definitely has some scoring touch some offensive upside to him and i think he's certainly capable uh, of bringing that to the nhl this is another guy that i would be uh, shocked if he didn't land on the 23 man roster coming out of camp next year
1: In Florida, this team looks like they're finally fading from contention, but it's not for lack of effort from the big guns. And you look at Huberto and Barkov. Barkov had four goals last week. Huberto had a three-point night against the Leafs last night they continue to score but I think you're going to see them back off on the minutes these guys have played a ton uh, in terms of players to watch you mentioned a couple of youngsters I'll throw another one in Jace Horoluck impressed me last night with a couple of goals against the Leafs but also played a very feisty game and he's getting a look in a second line minutes he also had a goal with three shots on goal and three hits against the Boston Bruins so he doesn't mind uh, playing in the, in the heavy going and producing offense it makes him a player for for me to watch for sure I want to give a tip of the hat to Frank Vetrano he seems to have been been bumped though uh, from a top six role taking third line minutes despite a 22 goal 15 assist year for him I think it's just in order to give some a look to some of the other youngsters here but Vitrano for me has been a nice surprise for Florida this season
0: yeah, absolutely agree there. I think he's been a good fit, and uh, I would agree. I think his uh, you know, demotion, if you want to call it that, to the third line uh, is to give some other guys uh, some looks uh, with bigger minutes here uh, in some of the big-name guys. What's most interesting for me uh, heading into the offseason here is the goaltending situation here. Yeah. Uh, you've got Montembeau uh, playing phenomenally. He's going to be an RFA after this season. Uh, and so what they do there is is certainly a, a question. Then you also have Roberto Luongo under contract for three more years uh, at age 39. You've got James Reimer under contract for two more years at $3.4 million. That's a little pricey for a guy that may not see any time, especially if they want to keep Montembeau uh, on the roster. Oh, and let's not forget this team is pretty much uh, considered for all intents and purposes the favorite to bring in Sergei Brobroski, uh in the offseason here. You have to wonder if Montembeau's development changes that at all. Uh, I don't know that it would, but it's certainly something to watch and monitor. So this goaltending situation uh, is intriguing to say the least and definitely uh, one that uh, is going to leave, you know, our keeper uh, listeners out there uh, scratching their heads about what. To to do if they own uh, any shares of these three gentlemen in los angeles
1: this team is proving to be a tough out at the end of the season and i called this a couple of weeks ago with the return of jonathan quick he registered two wins in two games played last week and last night they uh, continued to upset uh, opponents Uh, the leaders are are the veterans. They're still doing their thing. Dustin Brown, two goals, two assists last week, as I mentioned quick with the two winners. But uh, a couple of rookies continue to turn our heads. Rookie Austin Wagner is getting third line minutes with Jeff Carter and has two points in his last five games played. And Carl Grunstrom now up to three goals in seven games played. So the transition continues in Los Angeles. But they've got veterans in the room who don't want this team to take any nights off the rest of the way. So uh, don't sleep on on Los Angeles Kings just because they're out of the playoff hunt. This team's playing tough and playing uh, with some fire right now.
0: Yeah, and there's a handful of guys, you know, as we always talk, um, that are DFS relevant uh, on a night-to-night, even, you know, with... uh, You know the rest of the team maybe not being the best Uh, they have a decent assignment now granted they're coming into a back-to-back here um, but there are you know always guys to kind of monitor i like carl gunsham Uh, as you mentioned because he's going to be relatively cheap uh, as an unknown option Uh, so a a couple options here for you but you got to pick and choose your spots and that goes for season long as well Uh, you know yes you have to consider in most formats uh, a weekly uh, look for a team but in some cases you can pick guys on a more night-to-night basis and uh, there are certainly opportunities to use the Kings the rest of the season.
1: In Minnesota, Zach Parise had a four-game point streak before being sidelined yet again with a lower body injury. This is a a veteran player, a very good scorer, but he just can't seem to be healthy and not a guy that I can trust in DFS play or season long for sure, just because he he tends to be out of the lineup for chunks of the season. Otherwise, he is a star caliber player. Uh, Luke Coonan, for his part, is now locked into the second line center role, largely because uh, Victor Rask has been scoreless in seven games uh, played. He's been a disaster uh, in the pickup from from uh, the previous club in Carolina. Not working out here again. I can't believe it because he has all the size and skill that you want in a pivot, but not producing offensively. Uh, it turns out that missing Matt Dumba and and Miko Koivu for recent weeks is finally causing the Wild to slip out of pl- playoff race. In my opinion, it's too bad because when these guys have all hands on deck, they are a sneaky club and. Uh, a tough out for sure it's a lack of offensive contribution on the back uh, on the back end beyond the first pairing that uh, is another problem here Suter and Spurgeon certainly have done all that they could and all was, that was expected maybe it's it, they got to look next year at splitting these guys up and sharing the wealth and getting some depth on the blue line because right now beyond them there's no DFS relevance uh, at all on the back end
0: yeah you know it's really unfortunate for uh, you know a guy like Devin Dubnik uh, who, you know, see, stops 18 of 19 shots, gives up just the one there. Uh, and unfortunately, that was the difference maker in his most recent matchup because, as you pointed out, there's no offense to be had for Minnesota right now. Um, for me, it, obviously, math-wise, there's time to still turn this around and, and for them to be a playoff team. But I think uh, they're, they're dead in the water here. And I do think some of those injuries have factored in. Uh, and just you know slowly deteriorated what the rest of the team can do here Uh, i i would be if i'm picking uh, of the three uh, potential teams to slide into the wild card i think arizona has to be the favorite but i would go with chicago as a better chance than minnesota at this point Uh, i expect to see them kind of drop down the standings here a little bit the rest of the way And you might say the same thing for the Montreal Canadiens. They're trying to stay
1: relevant, and it's certainly the team leaders that have uh, stepped up in a stretch where they they gain points in four straight games. Shea Weber, for instance, two goals and one helper. He's carrying Victor Mete, who continues to struggle offensively. Uh, The youngster just can't seem to find his legs in the offensive game. I think he has lots of skill, but not showing it right now. Other forwards up front who are scoring and and producing – Brendan Gallagher, three goals, two helpers. This guy is a super pest in the in the shadow of uh, maybe only Brad Marchand in the way that he plays the game. But boy, you got to love the fact that he's been so productive and so feisty all year long and really dragging this team as far as he can and as as uh, strong as he can to keep them in the in the race for the wild card. Max Domi's loving life in Montreal picked up another five points last week having a career season. I didn't expect this kind of explosiveness from him but uh, maybe I should have looked back into junior stats and reminded myself that he was a prolific guy back then and only now as he started to show that but really it begins and ends in the nets here Carey Price playing a ton 20 of the 22 of the last 23 starts have been all his this is a guy who came off injury earlier this season and he's been just nothing short of heroic for the Habs picking up the three wins last week and one shout out out in his four starts
0: well as usual Paul highlights the good I will highlight the bad (laughs) for this team Uh, and for me it's Jonathan Druin you know you look at the season total Numbers aren't terrible. 52 points needs just one more uh, to match a career best. But you look at what he's done lately in his last 20 games, uh, six points, and all of those came in two outings. He had a four assist game uh, and then a two point game uh, as well. And so, really slumping hard if you consider the fact uh, that in 18 of his last 20 games, he hasn't produced anything offensively. Uh, and that's not a good sign for him. He was brought in. Uh, to be a top-line uh, contributor for them. They've got him down in a third line. One that I actually do like, uh, I think Drew Kotonemi, Drew and, and Armia is a solid kind of depth scoring line, um, but I I, it's definitely been a disappointing uh, end to the season so far for him. And if they're going to get into the the, you know, if they're going to hold on to that playoff uh, spot and if they're going to avoid exiting in the first round, which they may anyway, because right now they would play Tampa Bay, um, they're going to need Druin especially to really, uh, you know, step up.
1: And you mentioned one team that has the ability to keep the shots on goal down. Another one is Nashville. And really, that that looks like it's going to be their best hope to uh, go deep in these playoffs because their offense is drying up too, A.J. They've won a narrow game, one nothing last night behind uh, backstop by UC Saros. But to me, the lingering concern here is Kyle Tourist, although he's back in the second line center role, still only two assists in his last 11 games. It doesn't help him that uh, Michael Grendel has cooled off with five-game five, uh, five game, scored a streak himself as a left winger on that unit. And Wayne Simmons uh, did finally record his first goal here, but boy, his offense has dried up too. So uh, while the team defense is still strong, this lack of goal scoring is really emerging as a trouble spot that, that I thought could be the Achilles heel for this team.
0: Well, and it's really interesting to see, you know, uh, they've got a couple guys potentially uh, that are going to come back from injury here uh, in terms uh, or injury or suspension. In, in one case, in Miko Salamaki uh, and Austin Watson, those guys are down uh, in the minors right now on conditioning stints. How would they fit into this lineup uh, I have to wonder if if they would at all even if they come back um, you know they do have a youngster that they just recently signed to uh, his first entry level deal in rem Pitlick. Uh, playing for them right now he logged about nine minutes of ice time last night and so he could uh, be obviously come out of the lineup but it's a surprisingly deep team uh, that isn't doing a whole lot if I told you uh, three years ago you had a line of Brian Boyle Nick Bonino and Wayne Simmons you'd probably be guessing that's a third maybe even a second line on a lot of teams but right now that's their fourth line uh, and there really just shows how little offensive production they are getting
1: And the New Jersey Devils got a few guys back healthy in their lineup, but one of them is not named Taylor Hall. In fact, he may not be activated from the IR again this season. So uh, the defending NHL uh, MVP and the Hart Trophy uh, legacy is uh, not going to repeat that by a long shot. In fact, a disastrous season for him. Mirko Muller is back from the IR playing on the second defense pairing with Semi Vatanen. That's an interesting pairing because Vatanen may allow Muller to show some of his offensive skills here. Could be a sneaky good DFS value play, I suppose. Kenny Agostino has made the most of, his vac- uh, of the vacated left wing minutes to produce six points in his last eight games. Another sneaky good value in DFS play as well. Miles Woods, another one of those who's returned from the IR. And he's playing third line minutes, collecting an assist in his first game back. Uh, so the guys that came back from the infirmary showing well, but it's too little, too late for this team.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, we've talked about this before. This is a a team that I think uh, was probably a, a good contender for, for a playoff spot here with, uh, you know, with uh, Taylor Hall in the lineup. And it just really hurt them to lose him uh, they maybe could have uh, still been a factor for a little bit uh if it weren't for additional injuries to guys like jasper Brat sammy vatanen's been banged up all year as well and so uh really uh, a disappointing uh, kind of season for them uh, in terms of future guys to maybe take a look at uh, blake coleman for sure uh, is somebody who i think will factor on this team heading into the future Uh, and I actually like Joey Anderson Uh, not getting a ton of minutes uh, from them right now uh, has been kind of up and down in the minors but I think he'll at least be in contention I I won't tell you he's a lock for a spot on the 23-man roster um, but he had some decent numbers uh, in uh, with Minnesota Duluth uh, collegially not stand out by any means uh, but I think he can definitely be somebody who might earn a a fourth line spot uh, heading into next season.
1: And uh, last week, was kind of what was an up and down week for the New York Islanders. They started by being embarrassed badly in two games with no goals scored and nine given up. But they closed it with two solid efforts that mirror most of the rest of the season. So maybe they've righted the ship. Certainly helps that Robin Leonard picked up the two wins and had a shutout in, in his four games played. So he looks like he's back on the beam. But after a brief hot streak, I'm concerned about Andrew Ladd again this guy disappeared from the stat sheet with only one assist in his last eight games and they need much more from him particularly along with his physical style of play if they hope to make some noise in the postseason but a big blow as well that I see is Val Philpola will be out for a few weeks with an upper body injury and he's been a very useful player that they plug in throughout the roster and he's helped wherever he's been kind of a very good utility guy that they will miss I do think but in his stead uh, Tanner Fritz got called up from the AHL might be worth a look folks 31 points in 40 games played to take on the third line center role here uh, as a fill-in.
0: Yeah certainly some some players to kind of watch and and see how they all shake out here I think uh, for me you know they're going to need Josh Bailey to kind of figure it out and so far Uh, Signs are pointing to his slump being behind him, two goals and one assist in his last two games. Uh, so hopefully that's, uh, you know, for Isles fans out there, that's a sign of things to come. I would like to kind of see him uh, reunited with Barzell. I thought they played uh, decently well together at stretches throughout the season, but obviously the injury to Filippo is going to uh, stretch them a little bit. Uh, ultimately, for me, this comes down to the net minding for this team. Yes, they have some talent that can score some goals, uh, but it's going to be critical that they continue uh, to get solid, uh, you know, work out of those. I think both guys have an opportunity to potentially see some time. I think, uh, you know, Lerner will get the the look primarily, but Grice could certainly factor uh, if there's any stumbles by by, uh, Lerner.
1: We've talked a lot about the auditioning that's going on in New York, and there's going to be more of it with the fact that Kreider and Stahl, two veteran guys, are out with lower body hurts, so it's expose- it's got a chance to really expose the young roster. But one guy, a veteran, who's adding to the mix here is Ryan Strom. I think these guys finally got a home. Uh- uh, that he can look forward to sticking around for a few years because he's bounced around a little bit picked up three helpers three points last week in four games played and looking like he really fits in here into what they're trying to do going forward but it's the youngsters that I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Brendan Lemieux Claude Lemieux's son if you remember that feisty player back in the day to me he's a player to watch and I don't think it'll be long before he gets top six minutes here going forward and could be a real another pest in the in the mold of his father and. The two other guys I mentioned earlier on in the show. Brett Howden is another young player who's getting a look at time on the second uh, second center slot here. Uh, Rookie Philip Cheadle though is is a guy that I'm a little disappointed. He was supposed to be a signature piece of this rebuild but he's in a major slump no points at all in his last nine games played.
0: Yeah it's definitely a concern uh, for them moving forward Um, but I do chalk that up a little bit to just kind of a young guy Um, trying to figure it out I think the most interesting story uh, I heard recently is uh, you know there are some questions about uh, uh, Gorgiev getting the start against the Penguins tonight and apparently uh, the recommendation that he start actually came from Henrik Lundqvist after the uh 44 save uh performance he put on your Maple Leafs uh Lundqvist went to the coaching staff there and actually said uh, that he felt that the youngsters should get the start against the Penguins I certainly have no complaints about that (laughs) after he gave up five goals on 36 shots uh and that that does highlight one concern here you look at uh you know just looking at Georgiev's numbers in his last seven games each of them he's faced uh, more than 30 shots including the 55 he got pelted with um, by the or 45 rather he got pelted with by the Maple Leafs and that highlights the concerns overall for the Rangers uh, with Mark Stahl out of the lineup uh, there's a lot of shots uh, heading these netminders' way and I think uh, there's a good chance that they're going to give up goals if only from a sheer volume standpoint uh, the rest of the season.
1: In Ottawa Dylan DeMello was a nondescript piece that was coming their way from the uh, Ottawa Senators, uh, from the San Jose Sharks, rather. It picked up a goal and four assists to show that he has a bit of an offensive upside, but they filled in that situation, the departure of Eric Carlson with Thomas Chabot. We've talked about that at length. He's continuing to have a fine season, but it's another youngster, Brady Tuchuk, who is really emerging as the next leader of this club, AJ, for my money. He had three goals and plays the game like his brother does, Matthew, and like his father, Keith, did. And all you got to know about that is it's a physical game. These guys are power forwards and they, uh, they are a nuisance to play against for sure. But really, this team has to look at their goalie situation next year. A bit of an issue as uh, Craig Anderson snapped a losing streak last week, a long one. But he still sports an ugly 3.5 goal, four goals against average on the books again. Uh, for big money next year. They have to look at re- possibly resigning signing Anders Nelson, who has been much better of the two in the Nets, and it looks to me like he could be the goalie of the future here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the concern is how do you get rid of Craig Anderson's cap hit, and yeah. if you're if you're going to be, you know, try and resign sign to potentially be your starter, you're probably going to have to pay him at least what you're giving Craig Anderson, if not more. And if you figure they give him about $5 million, uh, you have $10 million wrapped up uh, in your two net miners. Uh, that's not really sustainable for a solid, uh, you know, next season. And they've got a couple of guys here who are going to need to get paid. Cody Cece is going to be an RFA, Christian Wolanin, uh Colin White. Uh, you know if they want to keep Oscar Lindbergh or Brian Gibbons around both those guys are said to be UFAs Uh, Anthony Duclair, what they want to do with him whether or not they keep him so there are certainly uh, some problems for this club still despite them getting rid of guys uh, like Duchesne and Dezingo who uh, they would have to have paid and re-signed there are still some serious financial question marks here Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show
1: and Philadelphia's playoff hopes took a bit of a tumble last week of the 1-3 and three mark on the season, but uh, certainly they have to look at the future and think, well, we finally may have found the, the answer in the Nets. Carter Hart certainly brought stability to the goal situ- goaltending situation here with a 9.21 save percentage and a respectable 272 goals against average in his 26 appearances in a rookie season. I'm glad to see that they took my advice though up front and moved uh, Jakob Voracek back to a right wing role in the top line. All he's done is produced 12 points in his last seven games played. I'm suggesting to you, AJ, that if they had this guy up a little higher in the lineup, they'd be in a, in a better state today all overall. But another guy who's emerged uh, all season long, Sean Couturier, has benefited from playing with some of these veteran guys off and on like Voracek and Giroux and so on. Two more goals, two assists. He looks very comfortable in an NHL sweater now and uh, worthy of the high draft position after. So there were some eyebrows raised over the fact that he didn't start his career too solidly. In the back end, we sung the praises of Travis Sandheim, maybe emerging as another offensive piece here on the back end. But an eight-game pointless streak tells me that after a torrid stretch, I can't trust him as a steady offensive defenseman after all.
0: Well, and where was Nolan Patrick with this five-game pointless streak? A a, a couple, you know, weeks ago, I could have used a, a, an <laughs> extended slump by him. He's still sitting at 30 points uh, after, you know, getting to that mark. Uh, I have to imagine he'll get one more uh, at least uh, in top his rookie production. Um, but it certainly, you know, uh, it certainly was uh, a bit of a bold claim by me uh to say he wouldn't reach 30 uh definitely stood behind that for for much of the season and and i think the larger issue is that it shouldn't have been this close uh, as it was obviously i think expectations are very high for him to have been uh closer to like a 60 point producer and and we're gonna see what he brings to the table next year um, but this end of the season uh additional slump he's goalless in eight games uh definitely uh does not instill uh me with a lot of confidence in him being able to be uh, that 67 70 point guy that they thought uh, he would be when he was taken uh, number two overall back in 2017.
1: And we get to the Pittsburgh Penguins, a chance to talk about Chris Letang. I told you, AJ, this guy's one of my favorites and a goal and two assists for him in return to action last week, but he was ruled out again last night. So I, w- I want to hear what you have to say about his up and down season in terms of the ability to stay healthy. But as expected, you call that Teddy Bluger gets slotted in as the second line center last week. He picked up a helper. He picked up a go- another point last night, I believe, at least. Um, and uh, he uh, is on the flip side, Nick Bugstead is playing a bit of a tough luck stretch for him. Zero points in his last five games despite 18 shots on goal. So you can't blame the guy for a lack of effort here. He's generating off a lot of offensive tries, but they're not going in for him right now. I think that worm is going to turn. He's another guy on your roster that I really like here in Pittsburgh. Uh, the best news overall for the Pens, though, for me is, is Matt Murray being solid in goal, allowing a total of only seven goals against over his last four starts. He's getting into playoff, fine playoff form, and they're going to need him to be at the top of his game to uh, challenge the other big teams in the division and conference.
0: Here's the problem with Matt Murray right now. And uh, this this is something that, you know, you're only going to really uh, notice if if you're watching uh, pretty much every game. You highlighted that he hasn't given up a lot of goals uh, and his numbers look great. But most of those goals have been really bad um, the, the the two he gave up last night. Those are goals that if uh, saves that if he makes, they're on every highlight reel, uh, it, uh, you know, program, TSN, ESPN, they'd all be showing it today. So there's no blaming him for the goals last night. But there were a couple short side, uh, bad angle shots that he has let in the last couple of games uh, that definitely uh, have, you know, the Pens faithful, myself included, a little bit concerned. Uh, the Chris Letang injury. Uh, You know, Coach Mike Sullivan wouldn't comment as to whether or not it was related to the neck injury that had previously kept him out. To me, uh, that kind of confirms that it is because uh, I feel like he would say he would say if it wasn't in my opinion so uh, that's definitely uh, an issue of concern they seem comfortable with Zach Trotman there the fact that they have Justin Schultz available to slot into that top power play unit with Latang uh, out of the lineup in fact he was filling that spot even with Latang in the lineup uh, alleviates some of the concern there as well Ole Mata is potentially going to be back uh, sooner rather than later he's skating with the team and so uh, there's there are some injuries that are a little bit concerning. The the goals that Matt Murray has given up raise some red flags to me. Um, but overall, I feel confident and, and good uh, with this team as it is. Obviously, uh, the goal is to get Evgeny Melkin back for the postseason. And I think that just makes this team that much more difficult to beat.
1: And uh, you might say the goalie analysis applies here in San Jose as well. Martin Jones gave up three goals last night to extend a winless streak now to five starts. He's allowed a total of 16 goals against in that stretch. Certainly not playing uh, at or near the top of his game, but neither is this team right now. They're winless in their last four starts. Uh, Good news, I guess, you can look at the defensive uh, pairing pairings and say, well, Burns is sliding it up still. And Mark Edward Vlasic continues his fine offensive run with another three helders last week. But For me, the the team started to go south when uh, Joe Pavelski went down. He missed his fourth straight game last night with an undisclosed hurt. There's no uh, coincidence the club is winless in this stretch, in my opinion here. Uh, If there's a one plus, it gives uh, Gustav Nyquist a chance to pick up more minutes as a result of uh, Pavelski's absence. But they've got to get one of their team leaders back in the lineup to help right this ship. And certainly the goaltending needs to get fixed up again. Martin Jones nowhere near where they need him to be at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the playoff spot locked up, you know, I obviously they want to maintain their lead over Vegas for for the home ice advantage in that first round matchup. But for me, um, I'm it may be time to, you know, see some Aaron Dell in the nets, if only to just give, uh, you know, some extra nights off. And we have seen that a little bit of late. You look at their last five games uh dell has seen action in two of them and i i would expect them to continue to do that in the hopes of kind of resting up marty jones getting him ready uh, both mentally and physically for the postseason now if this team uh enters a first round battle Uh, with the vegas golden knights without joe pavelski uh, i may have to predict a four game exit for them this team is not going to hold up against vegas without pavelski in the lineup if he is there uh, this becomes uh, one of the more competitive matchups in the first round especially if they get eric carlson back which i think uh, is the expectation that he'll be ready for the playoffs but there are certainly some concerns if those guys are unavailable. But for me, uh, Pavelski is the uh, clear linchpin for this team and uh, will have to carry them uh, you know, to any postseason success they may have.
1: Well, and uh, in the second half of the season, boy, the St. Louis Blues have been certainly one of the top teams in the league. And uh, you mentioned the name Jordan Binnington. He continues to register win after win and picked up another one last night against Vegas. So uh, this team is on fire right now. And uh, a lot of players are chipping in. Vince Dunn, emerging as a capable offensive scoring defenseman, picked up three helpers last week. But offensively, the the mix is really varied. Jaden Schwartz and David Perron, Uh, helping out here with three goals, one assist, and two goals, two assists, respectively. Barbashev is even chipped in from the third line with three goals and one assist here. So they're getting production from up and down the roster. It's a veteran crew with a couple of rookies sprinkled in. And I'm going to say to you that if Jordan Bennington came up about a month earlier, we'd be talking about him as a real challenger for the Rookie of the Year award.
0: I absolutely would agree with you there I I think that's a great a great point Uh, and I think he may uh, still get a nod for for that trophy Uh, you know they'll usually uh, you know nominate a handful of guys Uh, And I expect his name to be included in there. You know, one thing that I talked about uh, on a handful of occasions, uh, you know, leading into the trade deadline was that they should consider moving Patrick Maroon, uh, and they did not listen, and they have benefited because of it. Six points in his last six games, including four goals. uh, He is giving them a third line uh, that is going to be uh hard to match up against you know you've got uh him with tyler bozak in there who is on a bit of a goal scoring slump uh hasn't scored in his last nine games but he's got five helpers over his last six and then uh the youngster as you mentioned kind of mix and match there robert thomas the 19 year old is producing of late as well five points in his last six games and so really that's a pretty potent third line uh and so they're you know really rolling at the right time the getting production throughout the lineup which is good for them and uh you know this is a team that's not going to be a quick out for for nashville and you know certainly uh could continue to push you know they're only four games back from winnipeg uh, for the central division uh title here and so that's going to be a race to watch down the stretch with all three of these teams being in the mix
1: in tampa they uh played on the winning side of last night's great hockey game. And uh, one of the guys who's led them all year was a big factor that Steven Stamkos picking up a pair of goals. Last week, he led all shooters with eight points, la- uh, AJ, four goals and four assists. So the, the the team leader there is is firing in all cylinders and right behind him, Anthony Cirelli has now got four goals and two assists in his last five games played. As a depth forward here, he's maybe the next uh, burgeoning star on this team, the way he's been playing in the second half of the season. Uh, They're getting the stalwart performances from veterans, too, like Ryan McDonough with four points. And J.T. Miller uh, picked up his offensive game in the second half of the season. He picked up five assists last week. I keep waiting for this team, though, to back off on Vasilevsky's playing time. I don't see any reason why he's playing as much as he is, A.J., and uh, I think we should see that uh, his role diminish as the schedule uh, plays out in the next two weeks.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, with the fact that they've got the... um you know the president's trophy uh, locked up. It is a little bit surprising there uh, to see him continue uh, to to log a heavy workload. Maybe he wants to push for that 40 win mark. He he needs three more to get there, but that seems uh, like an unadvisable uh, you know decision to make in in terms of long term success. I think the only team, uh, only thing that's going to really uh, knock this team off is going to be uh, kind of those X factor things that you can't plan for. Anton Strowman continues to be out, though he's trending in the right direction. Uh, Dan Girardi is done for the regular season. They're looking at maybe having him back for the postseason, um, but that's still up in the air. And then Andre Palat got hurt last night uh, in that game, logged just two minutes of ice time um, before he was forced to leave uh, with an upper body injury. We'll obviously look for more information on that as we go through the day and the rest of the week. Um, But those injuries could be Uh, if they start to rack up even more that could be the one thing uh, that uh, you know hurts uh, Tampa's chances of of lifting the cup at the end of the year and
1: uh, we come to the Maple Leafs and last week they went one one and one they allowed only six goals against for one of their better defensive weeks on the schedule but the offense had sputtered AJ so I was quite pleased to see them pump seven goals into the nets behind the Florida tandem last night Looking a little bit more organized on offense, but at the sacrifice of playing a little loose defensively, giving up five the other way. So they can't be happy about that. I think this team is not quite as sharp as I'd like them to be at this late stage in the season, but they should get a big boost uh, on the back end with the return of Travis Dermott. He's practicing with the club, and he could be back as they go on this three game road trip this week. I do expect him to be back later in the week, in fact. And uh, the news about Jake Gardner, a little less uh, certain, he may only get back for the playoffs if that at all and uh, on the horizon they're talking about Callie Rosen from the American Hockey League one of the top scoring defensemen there playing a solid two-way game for the Marlies all year long could be a guy that they plug in to the depth part of this offense uh, the defense uh, if they do need help going into the postseason Uh, it's nice to see Patrick Marlowe get off the schneid he only had three points in March 11 uh, 11 March games before tallying last night and Kadri picked up another helper with making that his fifth in his last nine games since he came back off the IR, but he hasn't yet bulged the twine. And I'd like to see the Leafs uh, put a role in his mind that he's got to play big minutes against Patrice Bergeron. This guy is a guy who thrives on being challenged, and it's that kind of challenge that could really fuel him to step up his game, both offensively and defensively. So that's something that I want our listeners keep an eye out for.
0: Well, I will say this: Kelly Rosen uh, is definitely a better option than Marison and Hole uh, on that that last pairing. So, if uh, you know Dermot uh, slots in soon, uh, you know that's going to knock probably Hole out. Uh, And I might consider regardless of, you know, whether or not you're going to have Jake uh, Gardner available, it may uh, be a factor to have Callie Rosen come up and maybe get a look. You know, the thing is, he can offer uh, something a little bit different than some of the other guys in the lineup. And so maybe he becomes a guy that rotates in depending on matchup down the stretch here. Uh, And we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, In terms of the net mining here, uh, I do think you'll see a lot of Freddie Anderson down the stretch. But much like I talked with Boston, uh, if these seedings kind of lock up where you have Boston for sure, the two Toronto for sure, the three, I would expect we'll see a little bit of Garrett Sparks, if only to, you know, kind of give Freddie a little bit of time off. He's always a workhorse, always logs. Uh, you know almost more games than anybody else uh, little down this year which i don't think is a bad thing he's been 66 in each of the last two years only 56 this year and i think that's a good thing for him i think of the extra rest will benefit them down the stretch
1: and uh, vancouver canucks bo horvat uh, has been lighting it up on the first line three goals two helpers this guy is their their team leader and it's good to see that he's finishing out the season in a strong note. Same thing on the blue line with Alex Adler with a goal and five assists last week. You know what I'm he's a a fantasy favorite for me in DFS play. Brock Besser got off the schneid offensively picked up two goals and one assist last week as well but all eyes are on the debut of pending debut of Quinn Hughes, a 19 year old, should get his first taste of NHL action and boy Uh, all the expectations are so high on this kid maybe it's too high and it's a good thing that they're doing it in games that don't matter but uh, in terms of another offensive uh, piece that might be worth looking at in DFS play here Tanner Pearson is getting a right wing look on the top and top power play time this guy's a guy who's been up and down the lineup in his career and getting a chance to play top six minutes here with some good pivots no matter whether he's on the first or second line should stand him in good stead.
0: Yeah, I absolutely uh, am looking forward to, to Quinn Hughes getting in the lineup there, obviously dealing with a little bit of an injury uh, from his time at Michigan. But 33 points this year in 32 games had 29 the year before uh, for uh, the Wolverines there and should uh, have a good a good future for him. Uh, I think he's going to help kind of bolster this blue line, uh, you know, and to help them kind of uh, get some more pieces there. And and I think good things are on the horizon for this team overall. There's a ton of young talent here. Uh, the the kind of uh, Elias Petterson has made the rebuild uh, not nearly uh, as painful as it certainly could have been. Uh, and I think Hughes can be another factor in that. In Las Vegas,
1: this team continues to hum right along despite the bit of a bump last night. They did go 2-0-1 last week, so things are looking on the up and up. And it's the second line that I highlighted to keep watch of this explosive group that now plays second fiddle to uh, the veteran guys that they've pa- put together over the last couple of years with Pacioretty and uh, Stone joining Stastny on on that uh, formidable other line. But Smith, Carlson, and Marchisol combined for... Well, 17 points last week, if I do quick math here, and each of them kind of getting a fair share of that mix. So great DFS value from that unit that is not getting the top line checkers from opponents on a nightly basis like they were early in the season. On the back end, Nate Schmidt uh, continues to factor in offensively, and they missed him for a time. But uh, boy, he's back in good shape now and three assists on the docket as well. Malcolm Subban filling in admirably with two wins and a shutout in his last four starts so not too bad there but they got to get Marc-Andre Fleury healthy right now and uh, that situation is a little bit murky AJ.
0: Yeah there's some indication that maybe uh, he would join the team for their next road game in Colorado um, but I would expect You know, in terms of how that would, you know, help for the rest of the season, do they really need uh, him to line up in that game if he's just going to dress as the backup as a way to kind of ease him into it? I don't think it's worth it to really have him make the trip. Uh, and so maybe focus on their next home game instead. Uh, you know, it's it's certainly uh, injuries again. This is another team uh, kind of dealing with some stuff late in the season and it's not well time for them. Brandon Peary is a depth scoring guy that's uh, banged up. Obviously, having Patcheretti out of the lineup is huge detriment to them uh he continues uh you know he's missed two games but the injury's kind of lingering the the team as a whole doesn't give a whole lot of uh, information about Injuries and timelines, and so there's certainly uh, some uncertainty there. Um, But obviously, if they can get these guys all healthy, uh, it'll be a hard out for for whoever matches up with them.
1: And speaking of a tough out, the Washington Capitals, fresh off their visit to the White House yesterday, are in fine form. Brett Connolly has emerged as yet another piece to contribute to the offense. Two goals and two assists last week. Carl Hagelin looking great in the death roll here on the third line. Eight points in ten games played seems to find a home. And these two combined to give the Habs a very credible third line built around Lars Zellers. That uh, that third line has been a bit of a drop-off in the last couple of seasons and a real luxury for them to to have something in place like this as the playoffs approach. On the back end, though, a bit of a problem. There. The only injury note is a significant one. Michael Kempney had been a top pairing guy playing with Carlson on the back end and really elevated his two-way game here and he's lost without any possible uh, any real news about his impending return in the interim Car- Christian Jews will be a next the next guy to pair up with Carlson so that should spike his DFS value a little bit because he has a bit of an off- offensive upside to his game as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, all indications are a long term absence for Kempney uh, team is trying to figure out whether or not a uh, surgery uh, is going to be required. So certainly that doesn't sound good. Uh, I would not expect to see him again this year. And that's going to make the addition of Nick Jensen at the, the trade deadline look that much smarter for them. You know, the last two games, he's got an assist in each of those contests. Uh, Not a huge uh, offensive uh, contributor here, um, but generally, uh, uh, you know, 15 uh, to, you know, 10 to 15 point producer. uh, So he can contribute periodically there, might be able to push uh, for 20 with a few games left here. And so uh, I think he'll be a solid addition to kind of help, uh, you know, prevent a, a significant drop off with Kempney out of the lineup.
1: And in a nothing game last night for Winnipeg, the best news is that Patrick Liney finally scored, snapping another ugly, long, scoreless drought for him. And they got to really get him in order for the playoffs to fan their hopes. They're in amongst the heavyweights in the Western Conference, as we've been touting all season long. Certainly helps them that Kyle Connor had eight points to tie Stamkos to lead all skaters last week. And Tyler Myers and Jacob Trouba have really combined to mitigate the offensive uh, slack that was produced ever since Bufflin uh, left the lineup here and he's still out of out of cir- circulation but they have to be thrilled with the return they're getting from Kevin Hayes fits in like a glove on this team major. they're big they're strong and they score and that's all that Kevin Hayes has done last week he's big and strong and he produced five points and uh, the best news of all for them is Conor Hallibuck seems to be getting his game in order in the Nets picked up two shutouts in three games last week so things are looking good for the Winnipeg Jets as they get ready for the postseason.
0: Yeah absolutely and you know they're continuing uh, with uh, some line shuffling uh, you know to kind of accommodate line A to try and figure out uh, you know what's the best combination for him. Uh, Kyle Connor has seen himself moved around a little bit and it hasn't phased him at all. Six goals, four assists in his last five games uh, including a hat trick against Nashville in their 5-0 blowout of that club so Uh, He's firing on all cylinders as well. And the injury front is is good news for the most part. Dustin Bufflin skating in a uh, non-contact jersey that's a step in the right direction. Josh Morrissey skated before practice. Uh, So getting those guys back will bolster a blue line that's been performing decently well even without them.
1: And now it's time for our FanDuel segment. AJ will remind our listeners that over two and a half million players have won a cash prize on FanDuel, including you, you and I. We invite our listeners to take advantage of a special offer for new users to sign up today at fanduel.com slash rw. There's uh, a number of games on the schedule, as you might expect, that have playoff implications tonight. They include the Islanders at Columbus, a key game for the home side there, and the Islanders look to continue to right their ship after some recent ups and downs. Carolina visits Washington, hoping that the, uh, the champs celebrated a little bit too much last night with their trip to the white house factoring in there florida visits montreal a key game for the homestanding canadians as well and then maybe the biggest tilt of the night uh, chicago and arizona matching up in the gila river arena and uh, both clubs not factoring into our preseason predictions for playoff participation but certainly one of them could make it and the result of tonight's game could go a long way in that regard
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, as you highlighted, probably the biggest uh, game of the night. Now, obviously, the Islanders in Columbus. You've got the Blue Jackets uh, trying to make a, a run. The Islanders still in contention uh, for uh, the Metropolitan Division title uh, with you know Pittsburgh and Washington. But for yeah, for my money, uh, I'm really intrigued to watch that uh, Chicago Arizona game. If you if Chicago can win in regulation, they're at 78 points. Uh, With a game in hand over Arizona, who's at 79. And a game in hand over Minnesota as well, who's also at 79. So it's a really intriguing contest and one that I will be keyed in on tonight for sure. Uh, In terms of your DFS lineups, going to be uh, Buffalo is kind of the big name that's showing up in the optimizer here as the stack. It starts with Jack Eichel uh, at 8,200. I think that's uh, a pretty good matchup against an Ottawa team that's leaky in terms of goals. Uh, And then the optimizer matches him up with Jeff Carter. We talked about picking and choosing your spots with LA. He's only 4,500 tonight. Still gets that top power play assignment. And again, Paul highlighted Miko Koskinen's kind of inconsistencies. LA is coming off a game last night, so that is a a bit of a factor there. Uh, For wingers, optimizer likes Patrick Kane in that Chicago, Arizona matchup for 8,800. Then goes to Brock Besser of Vancouver. For seventy four hundred. I really like that second line in a matchup with Arizona uh, Anaheim tonight. Yeah, our second Saber shows up, Sam Reinhart for Buffalo, forty eight hundred. That's a cheap cost for a guy who's produced for much of the season. Uh, and then we did talk about Carl Gunstrom as well for LA. $3,200, super cheap, almost the bare minimum, uh, and I think can provide some really good value for you. Defensively, Optimizer goes Seth Jones for $5,700, uh, and then uh, Rasmus Ristelainen for 4300 Again, a pretty decent uh, value for a guy who uh, is a, a power play contributor. And then in the Nets, uh, Optimizer likes Carter Hutton at 7700 tonight. It's hard to argue uh, with using guys against Ottawa right now.
1: And uh, my turn to put my lineup together. And when I constructed it, A.J., I looked at the fact that there were some several high-end high players that I can't get them all in the lineup. So the next best thing that I can do is put their supporters, uh, their line mates, into the lineup. And that's really why my lineup looks as follows. I got Nick Backstrom from the Capitals in the lineup here for $6,600. Ryan Nugent Hopkins at $6,400 for the Edmonton Oilers. We all know who they're playing with, some superstars of the game. And I get the, them for a combined total of... $13,000 instead of paying almost 20000 for the two big names of Ovechkin and McDavid. It's at the wing position. Alex debrincat has been firing on all cylinders for a long while with Chicago. I plug him in to what should be a pretty high scoring game in Arizona for $6,700. I'll include Tom Wilson rounding out the other supporter on that Washington top line for $4,800. Zach Kassian, the caddy for the two big gunners on the top line in Edmonton also makes the grade for $4,700. And I rounded out with Brady Tachuk, who's really emerging as a player to watch in Ottawa. Should be another high-scoring game in the nation's capital here in Canada. And uh, the signature piece for the center is factoring in. In terms of defense, I went for the tandem in Columbus to hold the fort and contribute offensively as they've done all season long. Wierenski and Jones for $5,600, $5,700 respectively. And for the win probability, I look at Washington at home against Carolina. The Caps are playing very well of late, and I'm looking for Braden Holpe to receive for the victory at $8,800 is his price, I think.
0: That's a, that's a bold lineup call at the end there. I, I'm not sure I would, it is a home game. You're right. I'm not sure I would bet against those hurricanes right now, but we'll see how it pans out for you. Uh, For my money, I'm stacking uh, two primary lines tonight. So I'm going to start with Vancouver's second line. You can do Elias Pettersson at 6,900, pair him up with Brock Besser at 7,400 and then get Sven Berchi for just 4,000 there. So uh, a decent, uh, decent set of guys there for a relatively low cost, and then uh, I talked about Buffalo being a good option tonight. I'm going to take Jack Eichel 8200 and pair him up with his line mates who will save you a ton of money but can provide offensive uh, contributions. Connor Sheary at 4300, and then Alex Nylander, who you talked about at 3300. All that savings uh, does is get me uh, some top guys, and I took the top two uh, price tag defensemen there: John Carlson at 6600 and Shea Weber at 6200. Decent matchups for guys who always produce. Although, as I said, I don't love uh, Carolina as the option there. So, in goal for me, it's a tough matchup. But with the slump the opponent has been on lately, I'm going to pay the 7800 to go Corey Crawford for Chicago tonight in the road matchup with Arizona. That lack of goal scoring uh, by the Yotes right now has me loving that opportunity there to save a little bit and go uh, with Crawford I love your call on
1: picking lines AJ have you looked at the 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 path to success in DFS and determined that that's a, a way that really pays off more often than not if you hit it right
0: well, so it is, uh, you know, the one downside to it is it's a little bit of a feast or famine. You know, if mm-hmm. you pick uh, if you pick the wrong line, you're, you're obviously going to be out. But when these guys are clicking and producing together, it, it definitely puts you on top. So uh, not a recommended, uh, you know, look, uh, in my opinion, for uh, cash games. I, I, th- I think this is more of a GPP, uh, you know, strategy here. And so that's why I've kind of used it lately, because I think Paul and I give you a little bit of a different look. You know, Paul, you like to build uh, multiple guys. Yes, you stack in some cases, but multiple guys from different teams. Uh, which I think lends itself a little bit to cash games, not that it can't be a GPP lineup. Uh, And then I stack the lines there uh, for what is definitely a GPP uh, line.
1: Well, thanks very much for that explanation. I even learned a lot myself. (laughs) Uh, It's time we turn our attention to the ending part of the program, and we feature the stud in the rant of the week. The stud of the week for me is one Victor Hedman of the Tampa Lightning. Uh, As I mentioned, I watched the game between Boston and and Tampa, and this guy is an elite-level power play quarterback, Folks and he 's got a lot to work with it 's no wonder they let all d men with six points last week. In fact, he had before last night 's game eleven points in his last ten games played, reaching the fifty point mark once again after a very slow start. He really turned it on the second half, leading all blue liners in scoring once uh, the calendar turned. His size and agility are a rare combination that we don 't expect to see uh, from any player, but he really moves with the elegance of a guy that 's about six inches shorter than him. There's been talk of creating an additional award for top defensive defensemen along with the Norris Trophy, which tends to go to a high-scoring type, AJ. If so, he'd be one of a very small number of blue lines who gets consideration for tops in both categories as he's an elite at both ends of the ice, plays a true 200-foot game at an elite level and really uh, well-deserving of the stud of the week this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I think his name has gone a little unheralded this year just because uh, he was not at the, you know, the peak kind of top of the defenseman for for much of the season, um, but he remains. Uh, a stud producer uh, for for that team and definitely uh, should be a factor uh, in the postseason you know it's it's interesting to call a guy having an off year when he's at 54 points um, you know but uh, some other guys have really stepped up this year and that puts him at eighth overall uh, in the defensive scoring standards so uh, while he won't get consideration uh, for you know the the Norris this season he's got a 25 uh, rating in the plus minus category to highlight you know kind of that that contributions there has 25 power play points so really works a lot in all aspects of the game uh, and, a, and a great player for for uh, the lightning
1: in terms of the rant of the week i'm going to go on an extended one aj you might have to cut me off because i'm fired up about this eugene melnick the sends owner pure and simple he needs to shut the hell up he's criticizing the leafs rebuild While his club's the disaster at the bottom of the standings. Mr. Melnick, the Leafs are fourth in the NHL standings. They have the youngest, among the youngest collection of players leading this team. They're just fine, thank you very much. I've railed against Bettman and company in terms of the leadership of the league for the perception that many fans north of the border share. The U.S. clubs have a huge advantage with the exchange rate and generally high tax rates that exist in Canada. It's hard for Canadian clubs to compete and that the league doesn't carve about franchises like Arizona and Florida who have very poor attendance in addition to their on-ice troubles and lack of success as much as they do in Ottawa, Melnick needs to concern himself with ending the embarrassing press around his team and solve the new arena issue, or there's a real chance that Ottawa may lose their franchise in a relocation process entirely. My message to Mr. Melnick, people who live in glass houses should not throw stones.
0: Yeah. So it was interesting, you know, uh, I saw your rant ahead of time and so I wanted to take a look at attendance numbers. Um, and so from what I'm showing here, uh, you know, you've got Ottawa at about 14, four in terms of, uh, uh, home attendance this season, uh, Toronto at 19, two, uh, that's just a smidge higher there. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, uh, some concerns there, but to your point, you know, you've got, uh, Arizona, uh, at Florida and then actually the islanders are the worst. Uh, in terms of uh, attendance right now and a lot of that has to do with their arena issues that are going to be resolved here in the future and I I think you'll see that go up maybe people didn't want to buy season tickets not knowing if they'd be a playoff team or not this year uh, after Tavares left so uh, I I don't expect a lot of concerns there what's going to be interesting for me uh, is Florida more than anything you know Ottawa uh, is a bit of a disaster they have the arena issues but I'd be shocked If that team relocated, I think Florida is a more likely contender there, uh, mostly because that's been a a relatively good team. They haven't had a ton of postseason success, but they've been a lot better than Ottawa. And yet there's still not the attendance to show for it. I think if Florida does make some of those big splashes this offseason, like we've talked about, and still has bad attendance numbers, then it might be time for them to consider heading uh, somewhere else. If you have a good team and they're not making the playoffs, it, it might be time to cut bait. And uh, or the, If you have a good team that's making the playoffs and you're still not having attendance, then it might be time to cut bait and look at uh, a different market.
1: Well, I guess I'm fired up because there's two weeks left in the schedule, AJ, and we'll have lots to talk about uh, the races again next week when we reconvene. But uh, that wraps up this episode of podcast with Statsman and AJ for sure. Please remember to send your comments or questions on twitter follow me paul bruno at statsman 22 and you can follow aj at aj 24 as always we invite you to listen in to the podcast to get our tips to ha- stay ahead of your competition in fantasy hockey planning and research so long everybody <laughs>